0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I grew up in a family with six brothers. There were seven boys. Mom and dad kept trying for girls, and uh, after seven boys, they they gave up. And uh, so we had my mom and dad, seven boys, and there was a season when my nana lived with us. Nana was my dad's mom and Nana said she was 4'8", but she was 4'6", and, and um, she was the cutest little person you ever met, and she had all these sayings, and some of them I can't even share publicly, but she had, she had tons of sayings, and uh, I, I remember uh, one Saturday, there was an event that took place in our lives, in my life, and the way our family worked is mom and dad gave us daily chores. Uh, they wanted to teach us responsibility, grow our character, and then they gave us Weekend chores, which were always bigger chores. So uh, during the week, uh, and back in those days, everybody ate dinner together. So we at that time had 10 people at the dinner table. So one of us had to set the table. Another one had to take the dirty dishes and just put them into the sink. Another one had to wash the dishes. Another one dried the dishes. And we had those just daily chores that we had to do. And then the weekend chores kind of went like this one person had to put everything back in the garage that was out of place from the week. And sweep the floor, and then wash it with soap. That was one person's job. Another person, when the weather was uh, allowable, washed and waxed my dad's car for him. Another one cleaned the first level, the, you know, and dusted and ran the sweeper. Another one of us had to go into the basement and clean the shower down there, and then straighten the basement out, sweep it up, and then once a month in the basement, we had to dust the basement. We literally had to dust the ductwork, you know, that where the air goes through, the tin. We had to get up and dust the ductwork, and then dust the furnace. Who dusts their furnace? And then, and then hot water tank. It was out in the open, but still, who... I haven't have dusted my furnace. We've been in our house for 12 years, and, uh, but we had to go dust that furnace, and, and uh, one weekend, it's my turn, and it's dust it's dust month, dust month, and had to dust, but I was lazy in junior high, so I went down and kind of put some things away, then we had a pool table, so I played some pool, and then we had weights in the back room, and I lifted weights, and, and I just spent a couple hours down there like I was working, and um, so then later that night, my dad says, uh, he's in the kitchen, he says, says, did, did you clean the basement? I said, yeah, did you dust? I said, absolutely. So we're all in the living room, and Nana's in there. My dad's in the kitchen, and Nana's in there with us, and we're watching, I think it was Lawrence Welk, you know, our one TV, and we're all watching it. And I hear a voice behind me 20 minutes in, and, and, and here's what the voice says. Hey, Cacoots, come over here. Now, Cacoots was Italian for punk, and my dad would call us punkin' head when he wasn't happy with us. And, and I'm not turning around, and I hear, hey, Cacoots come on over here, and I, I refuse to turn around, and I hear, hey, Joe, son number four, come on over here, and then I know it's me, and I walk up there, and my dad has his index finger out, and, and I don't know what he's going to do, and he says, look at my finger, son, he goes, what do you see on that finger, I go, nothing, he said, that's dust, son, he goes, you didn't dust downstairs, you're grounded, and, and I went into a rant and a rave, I hate this house. No other kids have to dust the basement. You guys treat us like we're slaves. Nobody has to do what we do. And blah, 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 blah. And then my nonna just looks at me, and here's what she says. It doesn't rain under here, honey. It doesn't rain under here. And and I looked at my brother like, what in the world is she saying? And I ran into my room mad and had a terrible night and week. And later on when I grew up, and I had a family and I was responsible and I had kids, I'm married. One day it just dawned on me what Nana was talking about and I understood what she meant because it doesn't rain under here, it means this, this is my dad's roof, rain is all the pressure of life and all the problems and I'm living under my dad's roof and I think it's tough to have to clean. I have no idea what it's like to have the responsibility of a whole household and all of a sudden I understood what Nana meant and guess what? you are here on an incredible weekend because this is the weekend I I begin the series. He said, what? And we're going to take a look at these things that Jesus said, and it's going to be like what Nana told me. At first, you're going to say, what's he talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But by the time we leave each week, that saying that can be really tough sometimes, difficult to swallow, tough to understand. Sometimes it's like, Jesus, can you really mean that? you're going to walk out saying, I get it, I get it, it makes sense. And I really believe our lives are going to be changed. So this week we have our first one, and I'm really excited about it, and it's in Mark chapter 4. So I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's verse 25, and it reads like this, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And I don't know about you, but when I was a young Christian, I kind of looked at Jesus like a Robin Hood kind of figure he takes from the haves and gives to the have-nots. And and then I ran across this verse and I'm like, God, this doesn't even sound fair. Take a look at what it says. Whoever has will be given more. Jesus, that doesn't make sense. And and then whoever uh, uh, who doesn't have, whatever he has will be taken from him. You're taking from the have-nots and giving to the haves. That doesn't make sense until you understand what he's saying. It's going to make great sense when we come to understand what he's saying. And what you're gonna discover is this has nothing to do with your gifts and your abilities and how gifted you are. This has everything to do with effort and the effort you put forth. And we're gonna discover that effort's very important in the kingdom of God. Um, I want you to walk out remembering this, and I really believe this uh, capsulizes what Jesus is saying. With God, you either use it or lose it. (laughs) And that's, that's what he's saying to us here. With God, you either use it or you lose it. This is a law in the kingdom of God. So whether you know it or understand it or believe it, it's already been working in your life. If you're a Christian, it's working in your life and it's going to keep working in your life. It's kind of like the law of gravity. Everyone in this room knows that the law of gravity exists. We, we understand it somewhat. And you know that if I'm standing here and I take a step forward, the law of gravity is not going to allow me to stay at this level I'm gonna go down to the next level, and I don't care what I say, I don't care if it's 2,000 years ago and I don't even know what gravity is, can we all agree when I take a step down, I'm gonna go to the next level because the law of gravity works whether we understand it, we know it. And I had the craziest dream this past week. Um, I, I never remember my dreams, maybe once or twice a year, and they never make any sense. And uh, I was, had this dream, and it might have been because I was you know, meditating, thinking about this, but I was standing right here, and, and right in the middle of the message, I jumped off and landed in front of the first row, and I said, ha, something like that. And I scared everybody, and they're like, whoa, what's he doing? And then I woke up. And if anybody here interprets dreams, and you know what that means, let me know, because I have no idea. It might have just been I ate too much pizza or something. Some, something happened there. But it's a law. It always works, and it will always work, whether we understand it or not. Now, when my kids were in school, I tried to motivate them to try and give 100% effort. So I would give them a couple bucks for every A they brought home on the report card. And it was just my way of getting them to try really hard. But you know, if, if, if I were to operate the way Jesus is operating, I would have given them money for C's and for B's and for A's as long as I knew they gave 100% effort. I just as a human being didn't know that and I felt you know they were capable of an A if they tried really hard. But then I got to thinking about my school days. When I was in school, when it came to science and math, all I had to do was sit there and listen or read the book and I understood it and I just don't forget science, I don't forget math, I remember it. And so those were like simple classes. I could ace any of those classes, didn't have to study. But when it came to English, grammar, literature, and those kind of classes. In junior high, I gave 100%. I I quit trying it in high school, but in junior high, I gave 100%, and the best I ever did in in an English or grammar class was a B. That was my best when I gave 100%, and you know what? Jesus would reward me for that, and he'd he'd take from the have-not, the person that doesn't try, he'd actually give me more because I made Effort. So I don't want you to sit here thinking that this is about how much gift you have. It's about what you do with what you have. And that's really, really important. Jesus deals with this saying for two uh, areas. And we'll look at the first. The first is connected to the Bible, which you're, you're just going to love when you study. It, the second is our gifts and our abilities. That's the two times he connects it to something in his kingdom. It's working in your life already. So we might as well uh, we might as well figure out how to make it work for our good. So let's read the verse. This is the same, but let's read verse 24, the verse above it and 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 take a look at what it says. Mark 4:24 Consider carefully what you hear. It's referring to the Bible. He continued with the measure you use it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Now we see it in context. He's talking about understanding the Bible. He's talking about the Bible. And if you read the verses above, the verses above are the most important parable in the Bible, which is the parable of the sower. And it's in Mark 4, Luke 8, uh, Matthew 13. It's an incredible parable. And here, here's the essence of the parable of the sower. When you become a Christian, the heart of God is for you to become more like Jesus and begin to act like him and react like him. We're not part of the Godhead, but he wants our character to become the fruit of the spirit. And the parable of the sower shows us how it happens. We have to hear the Bible. It has to be planted in us. And we have to do something to make it grow inside of us. And he talks about four different kind of Christians. And we want to be the fourth type, which is called good ground. And after he teaches this incredible parable, he concludes with the, the verse we're on. And he says, guys, let me give you the secret. If if you want to grow, if you want to change, if you want to become more like Christ, now you're a Christian, you want to become more like him, here's what you have to do. Number one, consider carefully when you're listening to the Bible. Number two, you have to put it into practice. We'll talk about that next, but I wanna talk about consider carefully. You don't have to remember this, but consider carefully uh, translated from the Greek word blepo. And you'll hear me say blepo a few times as we go on today. You know what blepo means? It means to listen intently, to give your full attention to something. Now, when I grew up, and those of you that are around my age, we didn't have HDTV, and our commercials weren't as witty as they are today, but there was this commercial um, that I thought would paint a picture for us of what it means to bleppo the Bible. So check this commercial out. Now that looks like a very interesting situation. My broker's really enthusiastic about it. What does your broker say? Well, my broker's E.F. Hutton, and E.F. Hutton says... When E.F. Hutton talks people listen. Can all of us agree, whether we saw that for the first time or we watched it when we were younger, that there's one greater than E.F. Hutton and that's God himself. That's the Bible and he is amongst us. And I love the picture that this paints because they just gave Bleppo, their attention was, what's E.F. Hutton about to say? And listen to me very carefully. There's only one book in all the world that is said to be alive. According to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible is actually living. No other book that you read, there's a lot of great books, but no other book is actually alive. And the Bible has the ability, if you let it inside you, it has the ability to change you. It has the ability to rearrange your furniture. It has the ability to grow you. But in order to get in you, you have to, uh, in you, you have to open up your ears. And that's why Jesus says, consider carefully. Now I understand something. I understand that every week I get up here, I'm not at the top of my game. Every week, I sure try. I get Jesus will reward me for giving hundred percent effort, but I realize some of you sit out there, and you, you know, this week you might say your story was okay at the beginning, but it wasn't one of your better ones. And and uh, some of you might say, Pastor Joe, you're a little dry today. You were way better last week, and and I understand that. But can we all agree with one one thing that's true no matter what? When I read a scripture. That's God's word. That's God speaking to us. The Bible says it comes right out of his mouth. And even if I'm not on my game 100%, can we all agree that every service when a scripture is read, that's something you and I want to blepo. We want our ears perked up. We want to listen. We want to give 100% attention to it. Jesus said that if we don't, The little little understanding we have of the Bible, it's actually going to dissipate. It's going to go away. And so the first step is we have to give 100% attention. Now, uh, I remember I had the pleasure of planning believers, uh, starting this church in 1983. And during that time, there was a movement, and it's still around, but it's decreased. um, And God's just doing other things now. But there was a movement called the Word Movement. And the word movement emphasized the Bible, and that was a good thing, and they emphasized blepoing the Bible. So people would fly all over the country. I mean, people would go to one, two conferences a year to hear these teachers, and, and, and they would bring notebooks, and they'd have pens, and everything that was said, they'd write down. It was like E.F. Hutton was speaking. They really had that down well. And I remember people in the church, I mean, we used to sell notebooks, believers' notebooks, so people could take notes, and, and, and people were just bleppoing. And today, people have their phones and their digital devices, and people are going on our website, and they, they have everything on PowerPoint they know they can grab on their smartphone or website. So it's a little different today. But that movement was really cool, but there was something else that was happening with that movement. Uh, they had that part down, but the next part, the measure you use will be measured back to you. So many of them didn't do anything with what they heard, and they became like, uh, when I was a kid, um, I, I would find these bird nests, and they'd have these baby birds in them, and and I used to, It didn't hurt them, but I'd stick, the birds would be like this, ah mama, waiting for their mom, and I would just put sticks in there and play around and tease them, you know. And I didn't become a serial killer, so don't worry, don't worry. Um, they say you, you will if you do that, but but I didn't. And and uh, thankfully, I met Jesus and all. But uh, they'd bite that stick and try to eat it, you know, and then I'd disappoint them and I'd tease them a little bit. And and uh, uh, these Christians became like those birds, like, ba it's like, feed me, feed me, feed me, give me more, give me more, give me more. And And no matter how much you gave them, they didn't get it. You don't get it unless you do it. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. And we don't want to be like those little birds uh, because you know we're going to end up putting a lot of sticks in our mouth if we do that and and just feeding off the wrong thing. Uh, Listen to Mark 24, 25. I I want to emphasize the second part. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Notice you get more if you use what you have. Then he goes on and says, whoever has will be given more. So who, who's the one that has? The one that uses it, puts it into practice. Whoever, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, who's the one that doesn't have? They either don't bleppo or they bleppo, but they don't put it into practice. The one that doesn't have, even what they have will be taken from them. What's Jesus saying? You're never gonna truly understand the Bible. The Living Bible does a great job uh, translating the latter part. Here's what they say, Mark 4:24, uh, And be sure to put into practice what you hear the more you do this, put the Bible into practice or use it, the more you will understand what I tell you. To him who has shall be given, from him who has not shall be taken away even what he has. This is so cool. So notice, the more you put it into practice, the more you'll understand. I think this is remarkable. In order to understand the Bible, you have to begin to put it into practice, or or you'll just constantly be trying to figure it out, and you'll never figure it out, and this is cool to know. Uh, with God, you either use it or you lose it. I don't know if God takes it away. I like to say it just dissipates. Uh, you, you just forget what you hear if you don't put what you hear into practice. So i want to make you a promise. You guys ready? I promise you this. This is Bible. This is Bible 101. If I teach a lesson on a weekend on forgiveness, I promise you, if someone hasn't already offended you, someone's gonna come into your life and offend you and give you a chance to forgive them. And if you don't forgive them, you'll really never truly understand forgiveness. Now, let me say this about forgiving. Uh, there are people that have offended me, and I must have forgave them a thousand times because every day I got up, I was mad at them again. And, uh, and, and so then I had to forgive them again. And then I had to forgive them again. <laughs> and, and, but here's what I did. I said, God, I don't know when I'll get good at this, but I'm going to keep forgiving them. And, and guess what happened? God began to give me an understanding of forgiveness. I grew and I began to understand forgiveness like I've never understood it before. If I teach a subject on loving people, I want to make you a promise. God's going to send someone unlovable into your life. And then you're going to have a choice because if you really want to understand love, you have to love someone that's tough to love. And here's what Jesus is saying. With God, you either use it or you lose it. And if you're just sitting there saying, I need to hear more teaching on love. If I hear more teaching on love, I'll understand it. I want to say to you, "Great, keep hearing. Blepo, blepo, bleppo. But listen guys, eventually you have to do it. And if you don't step out and do it, and you may not be great doing it at first, you'll never understand it. But here's what God's promising you, and this is so cool. And so many of you here are doing this, so I'm reminding you, here's what he's promising you, that if you put the Bible into practice, you're going to begin to understand it, because what's God going to do? He's going to give you more and more understanding. So the secret is, listen intently, put it into practice. With God, you either use it or lose it. That's the Bible, and so our lives are changed forever if we understand this. This is a secret of the kingdom. It's a law of the kingdom always working, so if you sit here, and you're daydreaming, and I know sometimes it's, you know, you have your off days, like maybe you're sitting here saying, what time does Burger King quit serving breakfast? I'm, I, I mean... Uh, <laughs> you know, I've done that a few times in church, so I understand, especially when they go over a half hour. They go over a half hour, I'm gone, and uh, uh, I'm ADD. That's about my limit, and, and so that's why I teach about a half hour, because that's all I can absorb, and uh, then, then, then my bottom gets sore, and it's over, man. I'm just, I'm done, so, so I realize we have off days, but the idea is you concentrate, and then you say, Lord, what's the nugget? And that's why I always have an idea that you, I want you to go out of. Because how many of you can remember, with God, you either use it or you lose it. So this week, when you're reading the Bible, uh, when you think about a scripture, you know, I have to put this baby into practice. The other time that he uses this is connected with our gifts and our abilities. And it's in Luke chapter 19. So Luke 19 is really an amazing, it's an amazing chapter. It's, it's what's called the parable uh, of the talents. And uh, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to I'm going to show you the closing verses, but I want to tell you the story because it's an incredible story. And the person in the story that's giving the the talents out, it's Jesus. And if you read it this week, you'll see it's Jesus. So he gives a talent to ten different people. They each receive one talent, and a talent in today's money would be two thousand dollars. So each of them receive two thousand dollars. Then he goes away, and then he comes back and he brings them before him to see what they did with his two grand, and he only highlights three of them. So uh, here's what you want to see in here, and then this week, if you want some additional reading, read Matthew 25, because in Matthew 25, there's another way that Jesus taught this parable, and in Matthew 25, he gave one person five talents, one person two talents, one person one, and what he wanted to show you in Matthew 25 is We all have different gifts. And man, don't get down on yourself. If you can't get up here and sing a solo or uh, you say I can't speak from a pulpit or I don't have technical it doesn't matter. All God wants you to do is use what you have. That's all he he's gonna reward you for effort. And that's all you have to do. But in Matthew twenty five, he's shown us the guy that had five turned it into ten and and he, he received a great reward. The guy that had two turned it into four. Do you know they received equal rewards? because god doesn't care he, how much you have he cares what you do with what you have but what's interesting in luke 19 which is what we're talking about jesus is talking about three people that all had the same gifts and he's showing us how he blesses us according to the effort we put forth so the first guy he had 2 grand guess what when jesus came back he he multiplied it by 10 and he had 20,000 so guess what he received He received 20 cities for all of eternity, and and that's just a type and a shadow. We don't take it literally, but he was rewarded according to his effort. The second guy, he had two grand. He he turned it into 10 times five, so he turned it into 10,000, and he received 10 cities. Now, the next guy, the third guy, and there's only three that he highlights, he took the 2,000, and he buried it in his backyard buried it in his backyard so Jesus comes back and he digs it up and it's all full of dirt full of dirt and he's got a smile on his face so here Jesus I didn't lose your two grand and 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 but before he said that here's what he said he said Jesus I knew that you were a tough dude I knew it I know that you reap where you don't sow and I was afraid that I'd lose your two grand and and so what I did was bury it and I didn't lose it so here it is and he probably thought Jesus was going to smile and say thank you for giving my two grand back Jesus didn't say that. What Jesus said blew everybody's mind, and, and and he taught us our principle when it comes to gifts and abilities. So let, let's take a look at what he said, and and this is in Luke 19, 24, and it reads like this. Then Jesus said to those standing by, take his mina, that's that's the to two thousand, some say talents, some say, t- take his two thousand away from him and give it to the one that has ten, or multiply it times ten, turn it into twenty. Now, now notice, he, he took the two from the one that had very little, and he gave it to the one that had the most. And and then he said this, or they said this, Sir, they said he already has 10, or he grew it 10 times, it's 20 grand. And he replied, I tell you that everyone who has will more be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. This is the other context he used it in. With God, you either use it or lose it. Can we all agree that if you look at this surface level it 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 doesn't seem fair but can you all agree that what Jesus did was he rewarded them according to effort. So the guy that buried it he lied to Jesus because he he didn't bury it because he was afraid. He just decided not to use his gifts and his talents for the king of King of Kings and here's what he did he jibed him uh, how many of us jived when we were little? I was one of the best jivers in this room. I jived my parents all the time, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes my dad had dust on his finger and it didn't work. But 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 I jived really good and you can't jive Jesus. You just you just can't jive him. And he knows how much effort we put forth. And so here's here's what he's saying. Take your gifts, your abilities, use them from for the kingdom of God. And if you do He's saying, I'm going to increase your gifts and abilities. And then there's a reward day coming. And he says, what you use for my kingdom, you're gonna be rewarded and have these incredible rewards for all of eternity. That's when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's absolutely incredible. So this week in the morning, I get up and I was riding my stationary bike. I have a stationary bike in my basement. It's a Schwinn Aerodyne, one of those old bikes. It has a book stand. So I I have my notes on there. And my my computer, I take there's a pad on my computer. I take it off. So I'm reading my notes, and uh, I'm I'm pedaling and I'm reading and I'm going over it in my mind and I'm saying it out loud, practicing, thinking about what I'm going to teach this weekend. And after a couple of days, I just said, God, this scripture, Luke 19, this is t- this is this is tough. In my opinion, it's sobering, and and I like to do messages where everybody's like, yeah. And and, uh, and and I said this this is a little bit sobering and 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 that was my just my little whisper prayer as I'm going along, and God spoke to my heart not these ears but He spoke in here. He said two things to me. Uh, first of all, He said this, this is not sobering. Uh, he said for the people that use their gifts, this is shouting territory, and uh, we're we're going to be able to shout uh, majority of us in this room today. But but then He said uh, for the one that not using their gifts and talents for my kingdom. Not doing, volunteering somewhere. And we'll talk about that as I close up. Uh, he said, would you rather they hear it on the weekend or when they stand before me and they hear it then for the first time? He said, if they hear it then for the first time, they're going to chase you down in heaven and tell you off because they're going to say, why didn't you let me know this, Pastor Joe? And I said, because I only like to do positive messages and, and I didn't want you to go home sad, so I didn't tell you. And, and uh, so, no, you got to. Just got to say what, what's in there, and, and uh, you just say it as, you know, positive as you can, but sometimes the Bible's sobering, but isn't it cool to hear it ahead of time, because every one of us can change our lives right now. We, we can change what we do, and I thought it would be smart to just to address different groups of people in here. This is really important, really, really important. Uh, there's some of you in this room, and we had them in every service. You're what I would call a community minister. Here's a community minister. That's someone that within the community, maybe they coach a baseball team or a football team, they're coaching kids or students, and that's where they use their gifts, and they have these moments when they're coaching where they can bring God to the people, the kids that they're coaching. Now understand, if you're coaching a team and you're cussing at them and, um, and, and you're, not use, you're not shining your light, you would not be a community minister, at least not for God. And, and uh, but, but think about it, we have these guys in our church, they're sowing all these hours out there, but they're ministering to moms and dads and families and kids, and when they have a moment, they're, 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 they're bringing God in, they're inviting people to church. If you're a community minister and you're spending you know, 15, 20 hours a week, you're using a gift for the kingdom of God. Just make sure you're looking for those open doors uh, for God's kingdom. There are some of you in here, uh, you're working hours like I do, and you own a business. I average about 60 hours a week, and I enjoy every second, but that's usually my week, 60-hour week. And uh, there's some of you who own your own businesses, and you're clocking 60, 70 hours, and it's, it's, it's hard to have any extra time. But you know, in Romans chapter 12, it says there's a position in the church called the giver, and, and God gives you the ability to make money so you can you can finance the kingdom of God. All of us are called to give, but there's these givers that their very gift is to make money so they can finance the kingdom of God. So if you're a giver, understand that's a place, a position that God puts you in. And if you own a business, uh, if I were you, I'd say, Father, I dedicate this business to you and, and, and help me prosper even more so I can finance the kingdom of God even at a higher level. Then there's some of you in here. Uh, there's some of you, you just came to believers and maybe you left a church where whatever happened, I'm not saying the church was bad, but maybe you're in a place in your life where you're wounded. Uh, maybe you just came out of a divorce, whatever it is. You're, you know, you're here, you're in that recovery stage and God knows sometimes we're recovering and we need a time to recover. Just make sure it doesn't take 10 years, okay? And uh, uh, so, so you, you, know, you gotta get in the game eventually. And, and then uh, there are some of you, you're in a season in your life where you're so busy in that season that you have to back off a little. I remember when my wife, when we had our four kids, we had four kids in five and a half years. And uh, I remember when they were little and uh, uh, my wife had to back down. She couldn't do as much as she was doing before we had the kids. And so she would work the kids for God a couple times a month. She could only do it a couple times a month because if she did it three times a month, she would go crazy hearing the screams. She had to have a couple weeks where she came in here and just talk to adults, you know. And if you're a young mom here, I would encourage you, you know, help out there. And if that's not your thing, you say, I can't take any more screaming. You know, be somebody that greets, do something. Every one of us can do something. But you know who else is in this room? There are some of you that you oversee um, what I would call parachurch organizations, or you work for a parachurch organization. Parachurch organizations not a church, but they do things for God. There are some of you, you're presidents of parachurch organizations. So guess what? You're you're using your gift for the kingdom of God. You're working for a parachurch. You're using your gift for the kingdom of God. But here's the deal: the majority of Christians are going to use their gift within a church setting, and and I want to encourage you today to listen to me very carefully. God's given you gifts and talents. Your prayer today needs to be, Lord, am I using those gifts and talents? Because there's going to come a day when you stand before Jesus. And I don't know if we take this literal. I don't think parables are meant to be taken literal. But wouldn't it be terrible if this was literal? It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know... Um, Little Mermaid. Remember when Ursula stole her voice? And it's like, oh no, my voice is gone for eternity. I should have sang for Jesus. And uh, wh- 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 whatever it is, I don't believe we take it literal, but, but there's a blessing when we work for God, when we do and use our talents for God. So I want to ask you, man, pray and ask God what I should do, because with God, you either use it or you lose it. However we translate it, there's a loss, but when we use it, there's a growth and there's a blessing. So the majority of the people in here, you're you're using your gifts in the kingdom of God, and I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to judgment day. Do you know that on judgment day, the judgment seat of Christ, if if, when you go to heaven, if this is your church, I get to stand next to Jesus. According to the Bible, I get to stand there probably next to you, not Jesus. Um, I'm, I'll never be able to stand up there with him, but, but uh, I get to be right next to you, and, and, and I get to smile when you're getting your rewards. I'll be up there like, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I want to be able to get excited about every single one of you in this room, and I believe you're here today for a reason, and I believe God wants you to walk out of here understanding The Bible is the most precious book in all the world. Blepo it. Put it into practice in your daily life. And God has blessed you. It doesn't matter what your gifts and talents are. You have something to give. Give it to the kingdom of God. And God says, I'm going to take whatever you give, and I'm going to grow it. I want to ask you a question. Is that something we can say, yay, God, about? Can we give him a shout? Can we thank him? Let's just say, yay, God, man. God, you're awesome. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. That's much better than it doesn't rain under here. That's Jesus is incredible. Hey, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Father, I did my best with an incredible part of the Bible. And I just ask you that as we walk through our week, cause these things to bubble up in our mind and cause us to remember with God we either use it or lose it and help us remember that, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for these incredible people. All of us want to grow, so we make a commitment. We're going to look at the Bible like it is what it is, the most precious book on the planet, and Lord, we make a decision today. We're going to put it into practice. Many of us are doing that, but we all say we're going to take it to the next level, and Lord, we make a decision today. Even if we don't think we have many gifts and talents, we're going to use what we have, and Lord, I am so excited you reward us according to our effort. That Because there are so many people more talented than I am. But Lord, I'm so excited that I'm on equal ground with them. It's all about the effort that we put in. And Lord, we just make a decision. We're going to give 100% effort to use the gifts you've given us for your glory. If you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Hey, let's stand in that two prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen very carefully. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, I want to speak to you for a moment. And you heard me say it offering, man. We get excited here when people connect with God and, you know, when 229 said, I'm crossing the line, I'm going to be water baptized, we, we went crazy as a church on Easter. And when we have baptisms, we go crazy because people are saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going public with my faith. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to ask you a question. If you're in this room and you can't remember a day when you made it personal and you made it real with Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. So understand what I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to join our church understand what I'm not asking. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as an adult or a baby. All that's cool. All that's good. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day from in your heart you saw Jesus was the Savior and you said, Jesus, I make a decision to accept you and follow you. If you can't remember that day, And you say, Pastor Joe, I believe that. Would you pray with me right now? Let's make it real right now. Everyone else in the room, would you help them out? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for me. God raised you from the grave. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.